You're listening to Edge Radio at SeacoastOnline.com and Fosters.com. Today in studio, we have with us Chris Munns, CEO of One Sky Community Services, also Jim Kane, founder of INGU, which stands for I Never Give Up, and on the phone, New Hampshire State Senator Martha Fuller-Clark. How is everybody doing today? Great. Great. Good. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you very much for taking the time. Um, we're talking today about an article written in SeacoastOnline.com called A Matter of Perspective. Portsmouth Company Provides Jobs for People Living with Disabilities. Now, this article appeared on SeacoastOnline.com April 9th and certainly warrants further discussion. It's a fascinating article. So let's start with some background information. Chris Munns, CEO of One Sky Community Services. Can you tell us a little bit about what One Sky Community Services does? Sure. Um, One Sky has been an active member of the Seacoast going on 36 years now. Uh, We are a private nonprofit corporation with a mission of helping people with developmental disabilities and acquired brain disorders live as independently as possible in their communities. Uh, We do that uh, through uh, funding that we receive from the state of New Hampshire. We are the, um, I guess the way to put it is the gateway agency for anyone that has a developmental disability or an acquired brain disorder and um, believes that they may qualify for state and federal funding. We make the determination whether they are eligible and then we work with them to put together a service plan to meet their needs. Um, uh, and one of, the, one of the big things that we try to do as we're developing those service plans is find um, employment opportunities for them so that um, they can truly be independent in the community. And thus your relationship with Jim and uh, INGU. So Jim, you and Mark Friedman started INGU. What was your inspiration and what type of work is done there? Uh, yes, Mark Friedman's my partner. Um, uh, we worked together years ago uh, down in Massachusetts in sheltered workshops. Uh, the two of us worked in different agencies over the years. Um, you know, he's done this for 35 years and I've done it for 30. Uh, where we, yeah, we work with uh, folks with developmental disabilities, but also brain injured folks. Uh, we have some people that are formerly homeless, um, some refugees, a young woman who aged out of foster care. So anyone who's really facing barriers to employment. Um, as they were closing the sheltered workshop model down in Mass, we had gotten together. Uh, we had an old customer that was up here in Portsmouth and, and wanted us to come in and do some mm-hmm. of their work, uh, a company called Seacoast Logistics. And we okay. do some labeling for them of products that are going to Dubai. Um, we repackage um, um, you know, different things for them that are going overseas that need re- relabeling, repackaging. Um, but then our core business is, uh, is working with Comcast and in uh, electronic recycling. So we take in about 100 pallets a month of their cords off their service trucks. Uh, we sort through that. We, we pull out about 20% of that, um, or about 20 tons a month, sure. of wow. different power supplies and different other products that we will, we will clean, test to make sure that they're, they're still functional, uh, repackage, and then send those back. Um, and we've recently started with another old customer of ours doing uh, reprocessing data storage tapes uh, for banks and insurance sure. companies. So... Uh, those tapes need to be recleaned and the labels removed and um, you know and reused in that way. So um, you know every month we keep you know ten to twelve tons of electronic scrap out of the waste stream uh, and employ about eighteen folks right now. Wow, impressive stuff. Now, Senator Clark, you had the opportunity to tour the INGU facilities. What was your impression? 
and never give up that this is a profit-making company. Um, it's not a non-profit. They are making a profit. And at the same time, um, they're paying their workers a decent wage. And um, they're giving them job skills, uh, a sense of, um, you know, um, purpose. It, they're creating an, an opportunity um, where people with disabilities have the ability to um, have a, a job, which is very important. We know so many people, there's a high percentage of people with disabilities who don't have a job. One of the things I learned in, in terms of visiting the site and, and seeing actually how happy the employees were and how connected they were to one another was that there's this controversy between developing these sheltered um, workshop models versus um, integrated employment. And that, um, that one of the reasons, as I understand is that um, they moved out of Massachusetts was because Massachusetts stopped funding this sheltered workshop model. I think that's really a shame. I think it's successful. I very successful from what I saw. And one of the things I'd like to stress is that you know these people go home at five o'clock and they have the opportunity after work to interact with the larger community which is consists of people with disabilities and people without disabilities and so it's not like they're cut off from the real world and yet at the same time um they have the opportunity to get a job to feel useful to have a sense of connection. And so I would hope that New Hampshire wouldn't take the same step that Massachusetts has taken and make it impossible um, for this type of profit-making company focused on employing people with disabilities to be able to continue um, to exist in New Hampshire. Yeah, that, that was a very important part of the article, was that controversy regarding the employment models for individuals with disabilities. And I was wondering if Chris or Jim or both of you have anything to say about that, because that really stuck out to me in the article, for sure. I think we both have some probably strong opinions on both. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Chris. No, no I, um, I think the, uh, the one thing that, that, that I think is a significant difference between the, uh, the business model that, uh, that Jim is uh, employing and a sheltered workshop model is typically sheltered workshops were places where um, the individuals um, working there received, um, you know, probably in a lot of cases less less than a minimum wage or right. or, or just a minimum wage. Right. Um, and um, and in some cases, and I'm 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 not for a minute suggesting that this was the experience that Jim had in Massachusetts, but in some cases, the work that they were doing wasn't what you would consider, you know, quote real work. End okay. quote. Yep. Um, you know, the work that 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 the folks are doing in Jim's um, business, it's real work. I mean, and I think that's the thing that's so exciting about it. It's, you know. Jim, to his credit, has identified a, a, a specific business need that needs to be addressed. Certainly. And, um, you know, he, wor working with us and working with others, he has identified um, a workforce that, if put in the right position, um, can be very successful. And, to, again, to his credit, he's paying them, you know, more than the minimum wage because that's the value that they're delivering. Absolutely. And, th and that, that, I think, is, is what's so exciting about this model. I think it's also important to point out, as Chris said, that, you know, 
this this is a real business. This is not sort of making up work um, to be able to provide something for those with disabilities to do. Um, and that was very impressive. I think the partnership that they have with Comcast. Um, and I, I would encourage anyone to go visit this site. Um, it's quite stunning to see that, you know, that this is really um, difficult work and, and people with disabilities are able to do it. They have ability in some instances to focus um, better than people in who are not um, handicapped by disability or right i think that's right i think there's that it's hard work you know this is physical repetitive you know it's not for everybody no it's not something that you can just walk in and know how to do i mean there's training involved i mean it's difficult work it is you if you're retying a thousand wires a day that's that's hard so uh um, you know i do it you know mark does it we all work we have a culture of work and sort of really so, so the other piece is um, they're able to actually measure their accomplishments, um, and I think that's important too to see. You know, they they are constantly increasing um, the number of tasks that they're able to accomplish, and that's kept track of. I think that's a terrific incentive um, and gives them a sense of accomplishment. That's that's true, and the meaning and purpose people get out of having work in their lives. Particularly for, you know, this, we could do a whole show just on the sheltered workshops. But sure. for the older generation, um, you know, I'm in my early 50s. Anyone who's my age or older that was institutionalized, that grew up in an institution, uh, we have a couple individuals working with us now that, uh, um, you know, that are my age or a little older. You know, they can't read and they can't write. They have limited math skills, if any. Um, but they're workers. This yeah. is, you know, they want to focus and they want to have, you know, they want to have that paycheck and they want to have that meaning and purpose in their life, just like the rest of us. Right. Um, and so I think there was a, there was a, you know, certainly a Massachusetts that could have been a model where, you know, those those folks that were in that situation could have been grandfathered in to continue to work, you know, in some capacity certainly. and be supported in some sort of way. Um, you know, that didn't happen. Um, but up here, we were able to find a. Uh, good partner in one sky and Chris and, and uh, they're able to provide some great folks for us that they want to work. Yep. It seems to me that you know in some cases this is an example of the perfect being the enemy of the good, um, and that you know uh, by saying that all people with de- developmental disabilities have to work in an integrated working environment um, is not necessarily realistic. And it ends up meaning that more people with developmental disabilities have no job, have no sense of their own value, have, have, have no sense of accomplishment. And that's really a loss. So why is there an idea that there's not room for both methods? But there is, right? There is. Of course Absolutely. there is. Absolutely. There, there's room for, for both models. And I think maybe we would have to talk to people in Massachusetts as to why they decided yeah. to... Um, ban this type of enterprise and I think it's you know stunning that these individuals decided to pick up and move to New Hampshire and are having the record of success that they're having and I know they would like to work out uh, reach out and work in more parts of the state and I hope they're able to do that over time well I, th- I, I think one of the one of the key things is is, is it's, it's how 
how the, the, the programs are, are, are structured. I mean, and, and as I mentioned, I mean, and I'm, I'm not that familiar with the programs that existed in Massachusetts, but, um, you know, it, 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 there is, there is a, a, a history of sheltered workshops offering, really not providing people a fair wage. Sure. Um, and, and, and that's, um, that's unfortunate and, and quite frankly, un, unfair. Um, the other aspect is that, you know, one of the things that um, we certainly are very focused on is making sure that the individuals we work with have the same opportunities as anybody else to have a chance to interact with other people in the community. Sure. Um, and there has been a tendency um, or there was a tendency with the sheltered workshops where people were isolated. They, they were only working with people like themselves. They weren't given the opportunity to interface with other people in the community. And, um, you know, that's, that's really, you know, where what we're trying to, to focus on now is, um, quite frankly, we're trying to focus more on the individual's abilities rather than their disability and, and really highlight the, the, the fact that, um, you know, we all benefit by being exposed to people with different, from different backgrounds and different abilities. Um, and um, we really are, are, are working very hard to make sure that the people we work with are treated just like anybody else in the community. It's, it's one of the last um, big civil rights battles that still needs to be fought is making sure that people with disabilities are treated the same way as everybody else. Yep, absolutely. Now, we briefly mentioned um, employment numbers, and the employment among people with disabilities is around 19% in 2018, which is actually up from 187 in 2017. So how do we do better? How do we get those numbers higher? I think working with things like I Never Give Up and, and helping them um, to expand throughout the state and encouraging other businesses to reach out, work with the disability, development disability community, and make sure um, that um, those individuals are um, paid fairly and equally to everyone else in the workforce. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that, as Chris had mentioned earlier, um, finding the ability of somebody, every new job we bring in, we let everyone try it. Um, and you run into you know someone who's really good at running a sealer or um, delabeling some of these data storage tapes. You end up finding a skill that you didn't really know was there. Um, you know, again, the meaning and purpose that they get out of that, the self-esteem they get out sure. of doing a, a good job, uh, earning that paycheck. Um, and we're only... In terms of electronic scrap, we're only reprocessing 12 to 14 percent of the electronic scrap in the entire country. We scrap 450,000 cell phones a day just in the United States, wow. and we're not we're not recycling that. Right. So the the scope and opportunity for this type of repetitive work, um, you know, for these folks that most people aren't going to want to do, is 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 out there, and um, and you know, we plan on expanding in other areas of the state. Um, these you know, as Chris knows and everyone, this, these folks are everywhere. They're in your community. Of course. Um, you don't need much infrastructure to kind of set this up. Um, it's a matter of, you know, finding the right people that, that you know, have a, a passion for the mission and, uh, and are willing to sort of create that. You know, we, we have an open-door policy. You know, come on in and see what we're doing. There's so much work in this space that, you know, you're not going to steal our customers. Or, right. Or, you know, I'm hoping that other people come in. We've had some other folks visit. And, um you know, the gating factor really is the commitment of, of an agency like OneSky that's going to 
you know, find the right job coaches and, and find the right individuals and, and work with us as, as a good partner to kind of make it all work. Absolutely. So the article mentions a particular employee that had trouble with waking up to an alarm clock. Didn't have problems with the actual job itself, but the actual just waking up with an alarm clock. Wasn't used to it. So it's not just job skills that are being taught, but it's life skills and it's routine. How important is all of that? It's very, very important, and it means that, you know, if you strengthen those life skills, that they have the opportunity for greater success. Rather, they continue um, to work with I Never Give Up, or they may find employment somewhere else. But we know that oftentimes we're hearing that one of the challenges for workforce today is that many of the individuals, whether they have development disabilities or not, have not strong life skills. So anything that we can do to enhance life skills, everybody benefits from. That's true. And I think Chris will probably echo this, that like the younger folks, the main problem with like the younger people coming in is they're out playing Fortnite all night on their, <laughs> like, so you can't do that till four in the morning and then no. expect to be at work at nine and, and be ready to work. And uh, there's a big difference between like the older population, that institutionalized you know, not Certainly. really cared for, warehoused, um, you know, older individual. And the younger people now who, you know, I have three kids and, you know, they've all had, you know, kids with disabilities in their classes. They're, they're, these kids are already integrated and socialized. Yep. So some of the younger folks that we get in have great social skills, work skills, showing up on time, things like that, not so great. Right. So they're already way ahead, I think, of, of a lot of the older population um, but there's a balance there, and uh, in the culture of creating the culture of work, where if everybody's working, everybody's working hard, then you know they just have to you know they adopt that just you know automatically sure. just because that's the culture of the place, and and uh, and they pick up those skills. I think some of our folks, um, I think they mentioned Kiki in the article, and yes. we have a few other individuals who are who are great workers, but I see them being with us. Long term, sure. they're, they're not transitioning into another job. They're they're with us for for the duration. I yeah. think. Where we have other younger people come in who, you know, if they get get trained up and we can teach them some you know real you know work and job skills, there is a lot of work in medical device assembly, life sciences, a lot of things are, that are in this area that are you know in a clean room, repetitive work. You're doing the same. I've worked in this in that field for a while. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of repetitive work like that that can be a really good career for them. There are some people that could get those work skills and then transition into a job where they're making you know $20 an hour, sure. you know, working in a clean room, doing an assembly that, that is repetitive and the same thing every day, but you know, it would drive the average person crazy. But for our folks, that, that stability and routine is, uh, uh, is something that they, you know, they value. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Chris, how do you see assistive work environments such as INGU benefiting organizations such as One Sky? Well, I, you know, I, I, I really don't know that it's that much about benefiting One Sky. I mean, we benefit, we, we benefit when the people that we're supporting are in environments where they're allowed to be um, successful, um, and. Um, you know, you know. The, so, so the so the benefit to us is if 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 we can um, if, if we can find uh, individuals like like Jim and his and his partner that really um, have bought into the idea that um, the people that we support really can be valuable. Um, if we can find more people like that, and 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 create more opportunities for people to have work um, 
then that's that's a win for us because that's our mission. Our yeah. mission is to get people to be as independent as possible. And you know, one of the things I always say to people is, you know, we talk about independence. What does that mean? Well, first of all, you need to have a place to live, uh, and that goes for anybody. Sure. It goes for you and me. I mean, you need a place to live. Unless you're independently wealthy, you need to have a job, and you need to be able to get from your job to your home. And it's important that we focus on all three of those areas. Um, we do a pretty good job right now in the housing area, although the, that there's issues there, and that could be a subject for a whole other discussion. Um, we're starting to get a little bit better in the job area. We still have a long way to go. I mean, the fact that 81% of, of the population of people with devel- developmental disabilities are unemployed you know, says that there's a lot of room for improvement. Sure. I mean, I, I, one thing that I would say, you know, within that 19% that you also have to, be, you know, pay attention to is, yeah, 19% are employed, but the, I think the average um, time that people work is something like 10 hours or 20 hours a week, and the average wage is about $9 an hour. So right. we got a long way to go. Sure. So, but we're making some progress, and with 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 partners like Jim, we can we can we can make progress. Um, you know, the area that we still need to work, do a lot of work on is transportation. And again, that can be another topic for discussion. But, um, um, you know, one of the things that's, that, that, that we are starting to see as we talk to businesses, it, particularly in this tight environment that, we work, that, we, that we're living in in New Hampshire now, where we have an unemployment rate that's less than 2%, businesses can't find people. Um, and we're finding more and more business people are receptive to the idea of 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 bringing in people that they normally wouldn't have thought about as as employees, sure. such as the people we work with, to do some of the tasks that, quite frankly, nobody else wants wants to do. And if we can get people in there to do that as a starting job, and then as Jim said, they start learning some skills, yeah. and then that can be a springboard to doing something better. That's a win-win for everybody. Sure. Yeah, which brings me to my next question here. Senator Clark, how can we as a community bring more attention to giving these individuals more opportunities just like this one? Well, I think, first of all, to make sure that we don't close out this model in New Hampshire. And I think that that's key. I understand from Jim that one of the challenges is in terms of finding additional affordable um space where he can uh, expand his business into the rest um, because space in the seacoast is rapidly disappearing. So that's going to be a challenge going forward. And I think, um, again, I think what what can we at the state level do? We can certainly try to focus in on the challenge of transportation and see how we can enhance um, options uh, around um, that area. And we already know that there are initiatives going forward to look at affordable housing, also not an easy problem to solve. But And that's not just for people with developmental disabilities, but we need to make sure that they're included um, in whatever programs we're able to enhance that are, enhance that are related to housing and transportation. So, Jim, you did mention a little bit of something about expansion. So does the future looks pretty good for INGU then? Yes, I think we'll be, you know, we're going to add a few more people this month. Um, yeah. We think that the capacity of the, the space there, and we're in about 4,000 square feet over on West Road. And I think that we're, you know, about 25 people is about what we can take, um, you know, in a location like that. Um, but again, these folks are any, are everywhere. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so as we grow, we'll look to... Uh, 
you know, have another location and, and, and do another. It, as Chris had mentioned, the transportation's a big a big yeah. deal for folks. So once we're in a spot, we'll stay we'll stay there um, so those people can get there. Um, but then as you set up in another region, I live in Derry. Yeah, there's plenty of our you know plenty of folks with you know disabilities yep. in Derry. Um, we could do it there and then bring in another 25 people and really you know create a little community in this team. Um, you know, doing this type of work, and and I would encourage anybody who's, who as Chris had mentioned, with unemployment so low that hasn't thought about this population, uh, to give one sky and Chris a call, and uh, you know, the, from an HR standpoint, you know, you don't they're easy employees. Yep, they're happy every day. You know, they they come to work every day. You don't have you know normal problems that you might have with you know the rest of the population right. of having you know alcohol or drug problems or anything like sure. that. Sure. Um, you know, their whole you know their whole life is wrapped up around work. They go home and they get ready to come back to work the next day. Yep. And um, I, you know, I, so I spoke to uh, I spoke to somebody that I know who has employed individuals with the, uh, disabilities for years, and um, he said that he always uh, paid the people more than the minimum wage because that's what they deserved. But he said one of the reasons that he hired them was that they were an inspiration to the rest of the workforce. Yeah. Because it's very difficult for somebody. Um, who doesn't have a disability to um, you know feel 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 you know discouraged or down or just not wanting to, to try you know to work hard when they come in in the morning and they see somebody that's you know either with a developmental disability or a wheelchair or something you know you know smiling and loving their job and 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 just being very productive. Yeah. So, do you see more companies like INGU entering the community? Have are people talking to you about this? You- we 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 have been talking to um, a number of different um, employers, um, existing employers. You know, I, I guess I would call them you know like mainstream employers that um, are looking to are interested in bringing people um, with developmental disabilities on board to take on some of the you know mostly entry level jobs that they can't find people to, to take the biggest challenges are making sure that that you know we we have the support people uh, available to to help them at least initially on the job um, while they get used to working there and then again the issue is transportation sure um, you know the the people need to be able to get to work and not 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 many of the folks that we work with, you know, drive. So we've got to figure out ways to get them to the to, to their employer. Absolutely. All right. Final thoughts, Senator Clark. Any final thoughts for you? I'm just saying that I found um, my visit um, to I Never Give Up um, very um, moving, impressive, and I want to congratulate Jim and his partner um, for having provided this opportunity to. A segment of our population that in the past might not have had this type of opportunity where they're getting paid a decent wage, they're getting benefits, they're part of a, a community, and they can feel successful. And I would hope that we could highlight and promote the type of work that I Never Give Up has been doing on the seacoast and elsewhere. Jim, your final thoughts? Yeah, I would just uh, say that if, uh, if you have a job that's a uh, uh, packaging assembly, um, electronic recycling, anything like that that we could help out with, please uh, uh, give us a call. Um, you can find us at inevergup.org. Um, you know, and we would love to be able to do some work for other folks up here on the seacoast. 
But also, if you are thinking of, if you're a company that's thinking about hiring folks with disabilities, contact OneSky. Um, the job coach has been great. The support they've given us has been great. And it's turned into a really great partnership where, um, you know, the two of us together can really make this happen and, and expand opportunities for folks with disabilities here on the seacoast. Chris? Um, well, thank, thank you, Jim, for that. But I think all of the credit really, you know, belongs with uh, with Jim and his team. I mean, um, they're, they're the ones that are making this happen. And um, we it, it, it takes people with the kind of commitment that Jim has and uh, to to really make a difference, and um, so I want to want to thank them, and I would certainly encourage anybody that needs uh, some work done to send that work towards Jim because they, they they deserve it. And since we're throwing websites around, um, the One Sky website is www.oneskyservices.org. Um, we'd love to uh, talk to anyone out there that uh, is interested in. Um, uh, employing some of the people that we work with and um, there's also an opportunity on the website that if you're interested in um, making a small contribution to help us with some of the costs that don't get covered by the state um, we'd, we'd love to uh, we, we'd love to take that money off your hands <laughs> Chris Munn CEO of One Sky Community Services Jim Kane, founder of INGU and New Hampshire State Senator Martha Fuller Clark thank you all very much for being here the article is a matter of perspective Portsmouth Company provides jobs for people living with disabilities and can be found at seacoastonline.com this is Edge Radio <laughs>